part of my ongoing quest to get lost in the state of California on my motorcycle along with my riding pal, Eddie. Uh, we discovered a biker bar in Fremont. Good place to begin. Cold, refreshing Coca-Cola. <laughs> Looking at other bikes with envy. And while we were there, got out the phone and uh, Googled where we were and started looking around for a squiggly line. That's usually how it begins. Squiggly lines represent good motorcycle roads. And I noticed one just east of San Jose that went east into the mountains. Thought this would be a great ride. So we took off, twisting, turning, winding our way up. I didn't know we were going so high. 4,200 feet later, we found ourselves at the Lick Observatory. Anyone been there? Dave? Is the only... Really? People, this is not that far away. Atop the mountain at the Lick Observatory, you can see for miles and miles. And the bay looks like a tiny little pond from up there. It's a beautiful place, and what it offers is perspective. Man, trees, hills, mountains, this is remote. On our way down, going east, we drove 20 miles without passing a car the other way. What we got at the Lick Observatory was perspective. Man, you can see forever. That's what Hebrews chapter 11 is for us. Perspective on the issue of faith. Hebrews chapter 11 is like the hall of fame for people of faith. That phrase came into vogue a few years back. People of faith, remember? Because we didn't want to offend anyone. We didn't want to say that a person was Christian or Hindu or Jewish or Buddhist or Muslim. We would just lump them all together and say they're people of faith. So that phrase kind of dissolved the particulars of what a person believed. But we are in the church preeminently a people of faith. We are a people of belief profoundly at heart. That's who we are. That's what is represented in our Christian creed. Hebrews chapter 11 begins with a definition and then flows from that into narrative, giving us pictures of what it looks like to be a person of faith. It begins with a courage and with a confidence. And that's something we don't talk a lot about in faith circles today. We talk about uncertainty, we talk about unknowing, we talk about mystery, we talk about inclusion. What we don't talk about is a rock-solid confidence that we might possess that something better lies ahead for us. That's what it means to be a person of faith. In Hebrews 11, the biblical writer is giving the people a pep talk. 
In chapter 10 and verse 32, the writer says, Recall those earlier days when after you had been enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with suffering, sometimes being publicly exposed to abuse and persecution, and sometimes being partners with those so treated. Verse 35, do not therefore abandon that confidence of yours. It brings a great reward. For you need endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. For yet, in a very little while, the one who is coming will come and will not delay, but my righteous one will live by faith. Chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. In Bible school, I memorized the entire chapter of Hebrews 11 in the New International Version. Don't think I'm that spiritual. It was for extra credit. (laughs) It was to make up for my poor performance on the exams. But the New International Version says, faith is being sure of what we hope for, certain of what we do not see. Do you see the confidence that comes with faith in Christ? Let me ask you, church, what is it you hope for? What is it that can't be seen that you have confidence about? Some have defined it like this, that faith is a dissatisfaction with what is, coupled with an imaginative perception of what could be. I love that. A dissatisfaction with the way that things are coupled with or attached to an imaginative perception of that which could be. That's faith. Seeing what cannot be seen with the naked eye. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Tell me, church, about your assurance. Tell me about your conviction. What has God revealed to you that's not dependent upon all of the external props, visible things that we tend to depend on? So when it comes to faith, we think about things that are way out of reach, right? What do we learn from the Christmas narrative and from Mary? With God, all things are possible. Let me just ask you now, what does that leave out? With God, all things are impossible. What things in your life does that exclude? Now, faith, biblical faith, is not a blank check, okay? This is not a wish list. God is not a vending machine in the sky 
that you can pull certain levers in order to get what you want. But faith is a rock-solid conviction of a preferred future in your life. One that, as Brother Gordon pointed out to us, doesn't have to do with this world necessarily. It's the thereafter. It's the fact that God has plans and purposes for us that don't end with this earthly life. This world is not our home. This certainty, this confidence, this assurance we can have because others before us have had it, verse 2. Indeed, by faith, our ancestors received approval. In the faith journey, we need to look carefully at those who have gone before us. And chapter 11 takes us there in really, really profound ways. Verse 4, by faith, Abel. Verse 5, by faith, Enoch. Verse 7, by faith, Noah. Verse 8, by faith, Abraham, brother, father Abraham, has paragraph after paragraph after paragraph. Here's a man of faith. Verse 23, by faith, Moses. Verse 29, by faith, the people passed through the Red Sea. Verse 30, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell. 31, by faith, Rahab the prostitute. 32, what more should I say? For time would fail to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David, Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the raging fire, escaped the edge of the sword, won strength out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Others were tortured, refusing to accept release in order to obtain a better resurrection. Others suffered mocking, flogging, and chains, and imprisonment, on and on and on. Verse 39, yet all these, though they were commended for their faith, did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better. They didn't see it. They never saw it. But they held on. They endured. They persevered through all kinds of adversity because of their faith, because of their confidence. Think about the great reformers, social reformers. Dr. King, what did he see? He didn't see it in his day, but he stood for it. Harvey Milk, he didn't see it. He caught a glimpse of it. He saw something that other people didn't see, and he pushed forward. Think about the reformers of faith. Martin Luther didn't see the Protestant Reformation, but he set the wheels 
in motion. Think of those early Anabaptist Christians who came to the U.S. They didn't see it, religious freedom, but they fought for it as they were persecuted and burned at the stake. They were people of principle, people of courage, people of faith. I love my jobs. In addition to working here, I work in hospice. And one of the great privileges that I have is to hear people reflect and engage in what we call life review. At the end, people begin to think about, and their loved ones, maybe even after the patient is able to communicate, their loved ones share stories and review the life and the meaningfulness of this person's existence. Two women left us in, in a couple of days of one another. Two African-American women with remarkable stories. One of them was from Louisiana, and her mother passed away when she was young, and her father remarried, and this stepmother refused to acknowledge her presence. The stereotypical evil stepmom. And so this woman, now 90 years old, then at the age of 15, 15 years old, got on a train and came to California and made a life for herself and her family. That's courage. That's faith. That's dedication. Another African-American woman now in her 90s was among three women in her graduating class from medical school at the University of Michigan, the only woman of color, African-American woman of color doctor who devoted her life and her practice to going door to door in Detroit's underserved neighborhoods in order to bring services to those who otherwise wouldn't have them. That's faith. That's heroism. I love California stories. So few people are from California. If you're from California, your people probably aren't. But we go west, we chase the dream, we get here, and there's remarkable stories of faith and courage. I want to invite you to examine those stories within your own life. Talk to our 80 and 90-year-old folks here. Listen to the things that they have to say about faith. Let Dave Maxey tell you his testimony from back east as a teenager. It's beautiful if you haven't heard it. Talk to Raphael, who brought everything he owned in a couple of suitcases to the U.S. with a few bucks in his pocket. Talk to, hear, absorb the stories of faith that form us, and let this be an encouragement to you in your life. Man, I got no faith. I got nothing but questions. The rent money's due. I got the, forget about it. There are amazing stories of heroism and faith not that far from you. And we've only gotten to verse 2. Verse 3 says, By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. Verse 3 introduces us to the paradox of faith. We're not talking about things that can be seen. We're talking about 
like the people of Israel stepping into the sea full of water before it parted. Okay? Stepping out of the boat before you're ready, making that move in your life that you're never going to be ready to make. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Faith is incorporating and moving toward a preferred future. This from someone who knows that I'm not on Facebook. If you're on Facebook and you post something really cool, you have to take a picture of it and text it to me because I don't Facebook. This says, I haven't been posting on here lately, but I wanted to give everyone a life update. The world has been very kind to me, and I'm learning every day to appreciate what's around me. I'm going back to school. After two years of working full-time in a manager position, I decided to pursue my passion of creating art. I'll be going to the American Academy of Art, where I'll be focusing on oil painting and art direction. On top of this, I've recently discovered a newfound independence and trust in myself. After leaving a situation which left me feeling stuck and unhappy most of the time, I decided to live for myself. I'm dating myself for the past four months, and it's been liberating. This summer has been one for the books, traveling the country alone, visiting family, and enjoying my company. Surround yourself with love and people who care about you. That's faith. That's taking the next step. Where in your life is God troubling the waters? Where in your life are you being led to something new? Verse 3 says, faith gives us the assurance that everything that we see here was spoken into existence by God. And the things that we see and feel and taste and touch and hear and experience on a daily basis weren't here before. They were spoken into being by a creative, imaginative God. And that gives us sort of a parable or a vision for what faith is like, what it looks like, how we can begin to achieve it. It begins with a dissatisfaction with the way things are and an imaginative perception of the way that things can be. Church, I want to encourage you to dream bigger dreams than you've been dreaming. To take bigger steps than you've been taking. I want to encourage you to dispense with small thinking altogether and begin thinking outside of the box. Don't let anyone tell you what is impossible because with God all things are possible. I want you to kick out the walls that are restricting your creativity, your vision, your imagination, your passion, and yourself, and pursue those things with complete abandon. Take Hebrews chapter 11 with you this week. Read through it. Meditate on it. 
be encouraged by it. Above all, church, we are a people of faith, and faith takes us into that realm of the unseen. Open our eyes, God. We really do want to see you. We want to hear you, God, with an unmistakable clarity. God, you said in the last days that you would pour out your spirit on young and old and female and male, and we would see visions and we would dream dreams. God, let us be a dreaming people. Let us open our imagination. Let us be fueled with a fire, God, a passion to do what you're leading us to do. God, we want to follow you with absolute unfettered abandon. May it be in our lives as it was in the heroines and the heroes of old. We thank you.
see.